Luke chapter 2. That's a big chapter. I'm not going to tell you where we're going just for a minute, all right? What are you expecting this Christmas, though? What is it that you expect of Christmas? Christmas is one of those times when expectations soar. We come to the place where we're expecting all kinds of things. There are, uh, <clears throat> we have all kinds of ideas in our mind of how Christmas should be. Sometimes you have a thought from way back in your mind when you were a child or something, and Christmas, the Christmas was just perfect, or it seemed to be, right? Uh, <clears throat> and you've got that thought. And really, w- what you're trying to do with all the rest of the Christmas is kind of, kind of meet that time, just, just hit that target there. Uh, you know? And every Christmas you come to it, and you've got expectations. And do you know that expectations kill us? They really do. Our expectations kill us. Because it's one thing to have an expectation, but when it's not fulfilled, we end up very disappointed. Do you know that one of the saddest times of the year is that period immediately after Christmas? In fact, the suicide rate soars just immediately after Christmas because people are expecting great things, and if it didn't actually pan out the way they expected it to pan out, they end up being disappointed. They end up feeling like it didn't happen for me. Now, what do we expect? Well, somehow we expect that there's going to be that Christmas spirit, that we're just going to feel it somehow. It's just going to hit the mark, and it's kind of a fuzzy feeling. If you ask us to define it, uh, we couldn't really define it, but that something's going to happen over the Christmas uh, period that's going to make us uh, feel good. Uh, It might be an emotional touch. It might be uh, something else that happens, but something's going to happen over Christmas that's just going to make us feel good. So good inside. That's going to warm our hearts. Right? Now, look, uh, listen, I think there should be good things over Christmas. It's, it's a good time. I, I think there's nothing wrong with a festival. I think it's a good thing for us to set time aside, for us to give and receive gifts, for us to have, uh, you know, uh, a feast and all the rest. I think those are good. Th- and I think there, there ought to be blessing involved in it. But sometimes the expectation's unrealistic. Do you know that the, the memories of your childhood tend to be colored. You look back at them and you don't remember exactly as they were. They tend to be, they tend to be colored. You know, you look back and, you know, <clears throat> if you were to actually go back there, uh, it's kind of uh, <clears throat> a different thing altogether. I remember my, my, my grandparents had this cottage down and down in Wickham. And as a child, it was just, you know, it was just this perfect place. I remember bringing Val down to it. And she looked at it and she said, yeah, (laughs) what is there here? And, you know, I had to look at it through different eyes and realize, you know what? There really isn't all that much. See, the good old days were not as good as we remember sometimes. We just remember them as being good. But the problem is that when you have an expectation, you got a burden. you got something to fulfill and you can end up disappointed because it wasn't fulfilled. And sometimes it's based upon a, a memory that wasn't even all that accurate anyway. So there can be just the, the, uh, the, the sense of that buzz. <clears throat> Secondly, there are material expectations, right? <clears throat> Most people expect to give and receive gifts with emphasis on the receiving. Right? So we're going, to, we're going to get gifts, we're going to receive gifts. And it's incredible that even in times like we're in at the moment, people push themselves beyond what's reasonable in order to actually give and receive gifts. Uh, in order, and what happens is, you know, Two, there are two, two problems for us in this day and age. First of all, if you don't get the gifts that you're expecting to give, to, to receive, somebody's feeling, man, that was a disaster. Oftentimes you remember as a child, you wanted something, and listen, you, you imagined it so hard, right, <clears throat> that you were going to get it. But when you opened the box on Christmas Day, it wasn't that at all, because you know what, your parents couldn't afford to get, get you that. And when that happens, you feel 
disappointed. By the way, parents, d- d- don't go with that one with your children. You don't have to provide everything they want. It's not good for them to get everything they want. That's really not a good thing. You know, you, you, I mean, obviously you want to do the best you can for your children, but don't make it be one of those times when you just spoil them with things that they don't need and sometimes end up sacrificing things that they do need in order to give them gifts that they don't particularly need. Be, be careful of that one, right? <clears throat> but <clears throat> if you haven't got the, got the money to give or you haven't got the, don't get the gifts you're, you, you expected to, you end up with all these presents and you maybe you think, well, you know what, didn't get what I want. That can be a dis- disappointment to us. And the third one is relational. Right? <clears throat> and this one's probably the hardest uh, for us. Right? What, what we expect at Christmas is we expect all our relationships to be warm and fuzzy. We expect everybody to be loving and kind. We expect everybody to be perfect. Now, I don't know why for the rest of the year we can accept that everything's not perfect and people are not perfect, but come Christmas Day, everybody's supposed to be perfect. I don't know why there's this huge burden put on us, but we do. We expect that Christmas time is going to hit the bell in a certain place and actually going to connect for us and make us feel good because all our relationships are working out just fine. And you know what? Oftentimes that doesn't happen. Uh, oftentimes that's, that's not... Listen, it can be a pretty stressful time, can't it? You know, you can let the stress get to you, and far from being this nice, friendly, happy time, uh, your expectation can be blown because relationships end up in difficulty over this period. Relationships end up in, in trouble. And you know what? <clears throat> in all honesty, if there was one blessing that we should receive during a feast time, feast time, it ought to be just the fact that we can get along and that we can enjoy each other's company. And that's not hard. But expectations kill it. Expectations kill it. Listen, nobody in this world is there solely to make you happy. Do you know that? That's a bitter blow for some of us to actually take. But there is nobody in this world who is there for the sole purpose of making you happy. Everybody in this world has their own difficulties, problems, and issues, even your family. And I want you to, to, to know something. Your home's not a perfect home. I know you feel awful, that's a dreadful thing for me to say, but there are no perfect homes. There are only homes with, filled with sinners. Sinners saved by grace can do a much better job on it if they remember they're sinners saved by grace. But you know what? <clears throat> We're not perfect people. And we ought not to expect that everything is going to go perfectly at Christmas time. Listen, you ought to try and make your relationship sweet. You ought to try and work things out and, and, and have a, a sweet time over Christmas. But don't let the expectations get to the place where, listen, they are such a burden to you. You know, the difference between, uh, between a rotten day and, a, uh, and an okay or a good day can be just your expectation. See, if I expected all three of these things, and I expected, you know, there's going to be the warm, fuzzy buzz of Christmas. And I was going to get the gifts I really wanted. And all my relationships are going to go, be sweet. If I expect that to hit a level 10, it only hits a level 5. You know what? I feel bad. And that's what happens with people. They end up feeling bad after Christmas Day because the expectation goes so high. We were in town uh, in the, uh, yesterday in the, <clears throat> in the evening. It was incredible how many people that were in there buying stuff. People coming along with bags of stuff. And all the focus on this one day. And you know, you can't help but feel, listen, it can't fulfill all the expectations of it. Yesterday they said it was the busiest day of the year uh, for, for shopping in, 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 in Dublin. And um, you know, there's such an expectation. Let's be careful of our expectations this Christmas. Let's not put an unreal expectation on the day. Listen, enjoy the day. 
Listen, it's, it's, we're going to have a wonderful meal. We're going to have the giving and receiving of gifts. We're going to be with family, most of us. Listen, enjoy the day. Let it be a blessing. But don't have an expectation that's unrealistic that's going to leave you uh, destroyed uh, when Christmas is over. And many know that feeling of the day after Christmas feeling, man, I missed it. It didn't happen for, for me. Listen, it can't happen. It's impossible. In a sin-cursed world, you can enjoy yourself, but it's not going to be perfect because nothing in this world is perfect. Right? <clears throat> now, what we're going to look at this morning, though, is some legitimate expectations that you can have uh, for Christmas. Uh, look in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2. Uh, Mary and Joseph have come, and it's quite a bit after the birth of the Lord, I understand, uh, to, you know, to uh, make a sacrifice and to uh, give the Lord basically back to the Father, because every, every male that opened the womb, it says in verse, verse 23, was called holy unto the Lord. And so they came, and they meet this character. And this character is only mentioned once, once in Scripture. We only hear of this man once, and he has a, a few words to say. and He seems almost out of place in the picture, except for this. God's got a message for us. In what he's going to say. God's got a message through this man. And God's going to actually show us. And you know what? The message Simon has, Simeon has about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is a help to us at Christmas time. We actually take on board uh, the truths and um, let them be real for us this Christmas. All right, so let's read it and then we'll look to it. Uh, And behold, there there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was, uh, was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation." which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed may be revealed. Father, would you bless us as we look to your word now, Lord? Help us, and Lord, help us to have a right expectation and to look to you this Christmas time in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so this, <clears throat> Simeon had some expectations. Uh, he, he was a just and devout man, and God had somehow revealed to Simeon that he would not die before he saw the Lord's anointed. Right, so he was waiting for something. Look at it there in verse 25. <clears throat> Sorry, verse uh, <clears throat> And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. He was waiting for the consolation, for the comfort, for the blessing. He was waiting for it. He was waiting for it. Now listen, his blessing was not. He was not waiting to have a warm, fuzzy time. He was not waiting to get gifts. He was not waiting for all his relationships to work out. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for something much bigger. Something that would bring comfort. Something that would bring blessing. Something that would genuinely and really and thoroughly meet the need 
of his heart and every heart. He was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting for Jesus to be born. See, there were all kinds of problems for Israel. Israel was under the judgment of God. Israel was in a place where they hadn't heard from God. God wasn't speaking to them. There's 400 years of silence. There's, uh, they, they, they've, been, they've been in, in pretty dire straits. They're under the thumb of, 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 of the Roman Empire. And it's hard. And the glory days for Israel are long gone. And these people are living, you know, a mere shadow of the glory that once was Israel. You know, both spiritually and politically, listen, they're just a shadow of what they used to be. They don't have it anymore. They're missing it. And they're waiting for the one who's going to come and bring consolation. He's going to bring comfort to them. The one who's going to set it straight. The one who's going to fix it. The one who's going to deal with the situation. Listen, you've got a lot of problems in your life. And as you look to Christmas, Christmas has the ability to highlight the problems in your life, doesn't it? Highlight financial difficulties. Highlight <clears throat> uh, relationships that are, that are wrong. Highlight the difficulties and the problems. It has the ability to do that. But you know what? The greatest need you ever had or ever will have was met by the consolation of Israel. There is no greater need than that one that was met. Listen, there is no greater problem in your life than the fact that you were a sinner on your way to hell and Jesus stepped into the picture and he changed it all for you. And because you've trusted him as your Savior, you'll never see hell. You'll never smell it. You'll never touch it. Because Jesus stepped in to the picture, listen, your life has changed complete, completely. The consolation of Israel has done the most needful thing of all in your life. Listen, if you never got another gift for the rest of your days, you've just received the greatest gift that ever anybody could receive. Everything else is a bonus. Everything else is cream on top. Everything else is just more than you need or deserve. You've got Jesus. Your biggest problem has been met. If you were left with nothing else today, and you could recognize, I have Jesus. I'm going to heaven. You have enough. All the rest of it becomes our focus. All the rest of those things become the things we look at and the things we want and the things we desire and the things we'd be happy if we had them. But you know what? You have what it takes to make you happy. You see, Simeon was different. Simeon was waiting on it. He, you know, <clears throat> you get the impression that, that Simeon is hanging around the temple. That Simeon is praying. That Simeon is, Simeon is looking. That Simeon is watching the babies coming in to be dedicated. And he's saying, I wonder is this him? That, that his heart is on a quest for the consolation of Israel. That his longing that his expectation is Jesus. That that's what he's looking for. That that's what he's longing for. That that's what his heart is drawn to. You see, <clears throat> that is our consolation, our comfort, and our hope. You're difficult looking for something in the house, and um, <clears throat> you, you look high up, and you look low down, and you get bent out of shape because nobody will come to the party and try and help you find it. And you go around the house and you go up and down and you look for something, you know, and you're looking for it and looking for it and you can't find it. And you're, you know, you know you've kicked the cat three times and, and, you, and you wanted to kick other people, but you're a Christian, so you didn't kick, actually kick anybody. And then you finally come back and listen, just where you started off looking, it was sitting there looking at you all the time. You couldn't see it. You, you spent your time searching and you missed 
exactly what you were looking for. It was right in front of you. I've done that several times. You know, it's right there. Uh, and you miss it. Now, listen, when it comes to the hope and the consolation of a human heart, it's Jesus. It's, and, and listen, if he can't satisfy you, nothing can. You know, if he can't satisfy you, if he can't be the one that meets the need of your heart, if he can't be the one that makes you feel, listen, it's okay, I have Jesus. Listen, nothing else will. You can search and you can run and you can look and you can try and you can, you can worry yourself to death over it, but listen, he's what makes you happy. He's what meets your need. He's the consolation. You see, Simeon <clears throat> had it right. He'd focused it down to one thing. You know, I'm sure if you talked to Simeon, you know, you didn't talk to him for very long before he brought it up. You know what? I'm waiting for the Messiah. Oh, listen, when he comes, everything's going to be different. When he comes, it'll be great. I'll, I'll be satisfied. I'm sure when you talk to Simeon, listen, that, that was the first thing on his mind. That was the first thing in his heart. When it came to his prayer life, that, that was the first thing in his heart, first thing in his life. Everything in his life was focused on this one expectation. And, you know, he was so focused on the expectation. Listen, a lot of people in Israel were expecting the Messiah. They, they're still expecting the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah. They're kind of giving up hope, uh, a lot of them, because they kind of missed uh, the Messiah when he did come. But he's still going to come back for them. He's still going to come to them. They're not going to miss it, uh, you know, like they think they have. But, you know, they're waiting on the Messiah to come. And he was waiting on the Messiah to come. But you know what? His heart was taken up with it. So much so that God said to him, Simeon, you're not going to die before I show you the Messiah. You're going to see him. You're going to actually see him. And you know what? That just intensified his heart. That just had him hoping and longing and looking all the more that he could see the Messiah. Now, we can miss our comfort and our consolation, and it's right before our noses because we want something else. You see, if I were to ask you this morning, what would satisfy you? And you were, you know, in an abandoned moment, actually tell me what it is that would satisfy you. It would reveal a lot about you, wouldn't it? It would reveal a lot about you if you could tell me what would satisfy you. You see, Jesus is the only thing that satisfies. We sing it. We talk about it. But so often our hearts go off in other directions. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, you don't have to have, you know, <clears throat> crackers and soup on Christmas Day, you know, just so you're waiting on Jesus. You can enjoy Christmas Day, but you know what? Christmas Day will come and go, and it won't satisfy your soul. It can be fun. It can be a blessing. You can give and receive gifts. You ought to try and make your relationships as sweet as you possibly can. Not just at Christmas, all year round. But you know what? Those things won't satisfy your heart. They can't. Only Jesus can satisfy your heart. Only he can actually do the business. And he's done it. And he's here. Oh, listen, poor Simeon. You know, Simeon got to see the Messiah to hold him, and we assume that shortly after that he died because it seems like he was, he was ready to die at that stage. He didn't get to see the whole working out of it. He had 33 years of living and teaching and, you know, those last three years when, and all that he thought. And then the cross and the resurrection. You know, we know so much more than Simeon knew. But his heart had one focus. I just want to see the Messiah. If I can see him, if I could, if I could hold him, listen, that would be everything. That was his heart. That was his focus. That's what he wanted. We have it. 
And so often we miss it. And we go looking for something else that's going to make us feel good. How can something else make you feel good if you can't feel good about the fact that Jesus saved you? Listen, Christmas is the day we remember his birth. It's the time we remember that a Savior came into this world to die for us. Listen, remember his birth. Remember his salvation. You know, Christmas is a time when we give each other gifts. And listen, that's not wrong. It's time for, you know, in celebration of his birth, we give and receive gifts. That's not wrong. But you know what? When it's my birthday and it's your birthday, everybody gives us gifts. When it's my birthday and it's your birthday, we become the center of attention. Listen, Jesus should be the center of Christmas. Not just on a Christmas card, in your heart, in the reality of your life. And you know what? The fullness of Christmas will come to you if he is. Because he is the gift. So, first of all, Simeon expected the consolation of Israel. Secondly, he had this expectation. Look. Look at verse 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. You know, here's Simeon. He's a Jew. He's waiting on the Jewish Messiah. But he's actually got God's program like few people did in those days. See, the Jews understood that God was their God. It was an ownership thing. You know, it's like when a little child calls, calls, their, calls their mother. You know, it, what they reckon is, they reckon is that mother, they own mother. That she actually is part of them uh, and they own her. Well, the Jews own God. He was, he was theirs. You know, they owned him. Uh, they controlled him. But you know what? That was never God's intention. God's intention was always uh, <clears throat> that the world would see him through these Jews. And you know, when it comes to <clears throat> Christmas time, We need to remember that God's got a plan. That Jesus came to be a light unto the Gentiles. And aren't you glad? Because we're all Gentiles as far as I know. He came to be a light unto the Gentiles. He came to be a light unto the dogs, the people that were far off, the people that were out. And you know what? When it comes to Christmas time, this is the time for letting the light go out, for letting the light shine, for showing people who Jesus is. For seeing them drawn to him. Listen, they're all talking the name of Jesus. Listen, everywhere in Dublin, people are singing the carols that you've just sung this morning. You know, listen, everybody's talking about it right now. It's a wonderful time to bring them to the truth of it, the reality of it. You see, he's a light that shines in the world in a dark place, and Ireland is a dark place at the end of 2012. And listen, it needs light, and Jesus is the light that it needs. And you know what you are? You're the light bearer. You're the one that's supposed to bring the light to them. You're the one that's supposed to tell them of Jesus. And Christmas is a time for us to actually show people, listen, Jesus came to save you. Oh, listen, it's it's a wonderful story of love. But they can celebrate all the Christmases they like and miss the reality and miss the truth that Jesus died for their sins and they'll miss it. And let me say it to you too. Listen, you can enjoy Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. But if you never come to the place in your heart where you recognize I'm a sinner and I deserve hell, and the reason for Christmas is that I desperately needed a Savior to come and to pay for my sin, if you never actually catch that one and realize that one, you'll miss Christmas. You'll miss the reason for it. Oh, listen, Christmas is a glorious time to get saved. 
Any day is, but isn't it wonderful to get saved and recognize the gift of a, of a Savior that came to live and die for you? Listen, <clears throat> he is a light uh, shining in a dark world uh, <clears throat> to show us the way to God. And that's what God wants. You know that God loves us much more than we could possibly love him. That God cares for us much more than we care for him. That God reaches out to us in his son and draws us to himself because he wants you. He wants you in relationship with him. If we just got that thought, God wants my company. God wants my fellowship. God wants to be my friend. Listen, what a glorious thought. How many people will go through this Christmas and feel lonely because there's nobody special for them? Listen, there is somebody special. Jesus. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the one that wants to step into your life and, uh, and change all of it. He's the one who gave himself for you. Listen, he is a light <clears throat> to lighten the Gentiles. We need to remember that something is happening at Christmas time, and it's not just what the world thinks, that we're remembering the reality of a Savior that came who was a light. But I want you to see here <clears throat> also what, he, what Simeon says to Mary. Look what he says to her <clears throat> in verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, uh, that the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. You know, <clears throat> what happened uh, when, when Jesus came into the world and Jesus began to teach and preach and Je Jesus came and did what he was supposed to do, you know, there was a total turnover in Israel. You see, the people who were the religious people, the people who knew God as they, the people who had ownership of God, the people who were in charge of dispensing God, you know, they got put to one side because they wouldn't receive the Savior. Jesus walked amongst them and he told them how to be saved and, and they, got, they, they fell. But you know what? The simple people, the people who had nothing else going for them, heard the words and said, yes, this is it. And they were drawn to him. And they trusted him. And they took his words on board and they, and they listened to him. And there was a falling and there was a rising. There were people that, that, that were raised up. You know, <clears throat> isn't it interesting? You got Peter. Who was Peter? Peter was just a fisherman. He wasn't anybody who, had, uh, who was anybody in the religious system. He was just a fisherman. But he came to Jesus and Jesus made him a great one. Jesus made all those guys great ones. And the thing we need to remember is that you know, Jesus doesn't leave things as he found them. That, that, that when we let him in, listen, he changes things. He turns things around. He changes the status quo. He changes the way things look. Listen, there's nothing hindering you from being a great one for God except you. That's all. There's nothing hindering you from doing something great for God. You know, <clears throat> God, God, is, God is always looking for people that he can use to do great things. Through. Always. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose heart is perfect towards him that he may show himself strong on their behalf. God's eyes are on you. God's eyes are looking for people that he can take and he can use. You know, it's not a background thing. It's not a class thing. It's not a, an intelligence thing. It's not a, <clears throat> a beauty thing. It's not a, a, that you have the gift of, gift of the gap or anything else. It's just that, listen, if you let God, he could take you and he could use you. 
If you would let God, he could step in and he could actually use you. You see, what happened when Jesus came, everything got shaken up. Everything got shaken up and, and, and people that really looked like they, they couldn't do anything were the ones that grasped it and did something for God. And you could do the same. See, it's wonderful what happened with God. It's wonderful the way think God does things. But Simeon picks it and he says, listen, <clears throat> there's going to be a, a fall and there's going to be a rise. There's going to be people that get, that get put down and there's going to be people that uh, <clears throat> get put up. But, but, but know this this morning, if you're here and you're not saved, right? That the Lord Jesus Christ is that great stone. And whomsoever falls on him is saved. But whoever he falls on gets cursed. And that's the truth of it. Listen, you can stand your ground and you can stand on your pride and you can stand away from him. But you know what? Unless you come to the place where you bow before him, unless you come to the place where you receive him, he will crush you. Because there's another day coming. Jesus came meek and lowly, riding upon an ass into Jerusalem that day. He's coming back, not on an ass, on a white horse. And, and the sword of his tongue is going to destroy all his enemies. He's coming back in glory and power. He's coming back and he's going to right all the wrongs. He's going to fix all the wrongs. But you know, the, the thing about it is that you need to recognize that. You need to understand, listen, he's not just the babe in the manger. That he's here for the rise and fall of many. And even you that are believers, you need to understand, listen, <clears throat> he's got a plan for your life. And <clears throat> let me say this as, as carefully as I can. It's not your plan. Your plan doesn't count. He's got a plan for your life. You can be driven to achieve things, and it's your plan. That's not his plan. That's your plan. It needs to be his plan. It needs to be what he would have you to do. You see, the way to rise is for you to yield to him and let him have his way in your life. You know, <clears throat> the, 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 the way to be lifted up is to be a servant. It's a whole different thing than the world's. But he's got a plan for your life. He's got something he wants to do in your life. And listen, he doesn't leave anything the same way. You see, Jesus is a man. Jesus is God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the pivotal point of all history. And Jesus is the point of decision for every person that walks this earth. What are you going to do with him? What do you do with Jesus? Oh, listen, you can come and you can worship at the manger and think, listen, that's great. Little baby in the manger, that, that's, that's wonderful. <clears throat> but listen, he wasn't just a baby in the manger, he was God. You can come and you can say that's a wonderful story. You can even come and get saved and still go on your own way. Or you can come and you can look at him and you can say, my Lord and my God. And if you make him your Lord and your God, then he's in charge of your life. And he tells you what he wants you to do, not the other way around. And when you yield to him and let him have his way, you know what happens? Your life becomes all that it was intended to be. Nobody else can make your life all that it was intended to be but God. But when you yield to him, when you come to that place where, listen, you, you give in to him, <clears throat> then he becomes your power to live like, like you've never thought before. But you can't do it by yourself. 
It's not in you to do it. You see, he's got a plan. He's got a work he wants to do through you. We're looking at Christmas. We're remembering uh, the birth of a Savior. And all we need to remember, he wasn't just a baby. He was king. He's the Lord God from heaven. He's the Almighty One. And he comes to you and he says to you, what are you going to do with me this Christmas? So let's just recap. Where's your focus this Christmas? Is your focus on all the paraphernalia of Christmas? That nice warm, fuzzy feeling, the things you're going to receive, uh, the relationships that are going to... Is that that where your focus is this Christmas? Well, listen, I hope it goes well for you, but there's every chance that it won't. There's every chance that if you let that be your focus, you're going to end up after Christmas disappointed and discouraged. Or is your focus on the consolation of Israel? He's it. He's what I want. He's what I'm looking to. He's where I'm going. He's he's my Christmas. Is your focus there? Because if your focus is there, you're going to come out of it going a whole different direction. You're maybe going to make decisions over this Christmas as you've got time and to think and time to look at things that you're going to do things differently because he's the Lord from heaven. You're going to look at your life and you're going to change. Maybe you're going to get saved. Maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you need to bow before him and get saved. Listen, you're going to look to Jesus and you're going to let him change you because he's the Lord and the King. And you know what? If you really do that this Christmas, if you make him the focus of it, if you... Put aside all the rest of it. I'll, t- I'll tell you what will happen. Two things will happen. You'll have the best Christmas you ever had. And you'll come out of it in 2013 with your life going in a whole new direction. With your life going his way to achieve what he wants. And what you're going to find is that the more you give yourself to him, the more he gives himself to you, and the more your life counts and the more your life works. You know, <clears throat> Jesus is a time of decision always. What's your decision about him? <clears throat> What's your decision this Christmas? Are you going to make him Lord of your life? Are you going to put him in the place that he deserves to be? Are you going to do like Simeon did and wait for him and him only? Or are you going to just go through Christmas unthinking, without realizing, and maybe maybe, maybe all, everything will line up for you and you'll have a good time. But maybe it won't. Or maybe you'll end up very disappointed. Are you going to take and put yourself in the place of the sure expectation of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he wants for you? Oh, listen, that would be a good choice to make. That would be the best choice to make. That would be the one that would work in your life. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. We do thank you for Simeon. Thank you for this man that made you the focus of all his life and his heart. And, oh, Lord, I ask you, Lord, would you help us to do the same? Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you come and work in hearts and lives right now? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and God is dealing with us. Let me ask you a couple of questions here. First of all, have you received the gift of Christmas? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? You're here this morning, and you say, listen, for definite. That one's settled, sealed, I'm on my way to heaven, and I know it. I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be perfect, but you know what? I know I'm going to heaven because I'm his child. Would you lift your hand? You know you're going to heaven this morning. Just lift your hand so I can see it. All right, many hands up, most hands up. Let me ask you another question that kind of comes off the top of that question. You would say this morning, listen, 
I'm not sure, but I'd like to know. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know for sure. I'd like to have that one settled. Would you lift your hand and let me see it? Would you? <clears throat> Amen. See that hand. Are there others this morning? You're not sure, but you'd like to be sure. Would to have somebody take the Bible and, and show you how you can know you're going to heaven? Anybody else this morning? You're not sure, but you'd like to be sure. All right, then one other question for you. <clears throat> you're here this morning, and listen, you're looking at Christmas, and you recognize, you know what? I need to make Jesus the center of it. I need to make him the center of it, not as a baby, but as the Lord, as the King of kings, as the, as the, as the point of decision in my life. I need to make Jesus the center of not just my Christmas, but my life. God is speaking to you, and God is dealing with you on that. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Amen. Are there any others? 